0: I was discouraged when no answer came. See, I prayed for years and I still saw no change. I was ready to give up thinking what could I do. But when I prayed that last time, God's power broke through. Just as big
1: as God is, prayer is just as strong as God is strong, prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up, just pray, just pray, don't
0: ever give up, just pray. been given a means to the throne of the God whose potential is yet to be known. There is no limit as to what God can do, so just keep on praying. He's listening to you, and And
1: prayer is just as big. God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray. Just pray. Don't ever As big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray. Just pray. Don't ever
2: Well, take your Bible, turn over to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4. Last week, again, we began a series uh, in the Sunday evening, uh, How to Have a Good Life. How to Have a Good Life. And we take it out of Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. We go on through verse uh, chapter 5, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil, my son. Attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, that thy lips may keep knowledge. Oh, Father, we come to you. We want to thank you again for another opportunity to just open up your word and give consideration to it. How desperately we need the truth today in the world in which we live. We need the truth in our lives, our relationships, our churches, our country. We need it in our world. And I ask that, Lord, you would once again speak to our hearts and do a work in our lives. Reveal to us what we need and open our eyes to your understanding. We love you and we need you. Now, Father, allow me to be an instrument in your hand. Fill me with thy Holy Ghost. And Lord, again, anoint every listening ear. And Lord, may we truly, Father, glean from your word exactly what, Father, we need. Again, we cannot do this without you. We just ask that you would work in our hearts even this evening. In Christ's name, amen. Now, last week we began by addressing and talking about making a cake and how it requires certain key ingredients and we said that a good cake, and I had people, I had somebody even bring me like weird colored flour and say, see, that there are different things than, or was it sugar? Sugar. It was all kind of crazy colored sugar. And I'm like, okay, whatever, okay? You know, you, you got me, okay? You got me. I don't know what it, what it is. You know, I was talking about, if you were here last week, you know, I had it all mixed up. And uh, boy, I tell you what, I, I got schooled this week. And I learned a lot. Now, I can't cook any better, but I learned a lot, okay? I could tell you about different sugars and all kinds of stuff, but I can't, I can't cook no better. Uh, my wife wouldn't let me cook anyway. She hates when I get in the kitchen and start cooking anything because I make such a bad mess, you know? Destroy the place. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't clean as I go. I just go after I'm done, and I just say, okay, you know, I, I did the cooking, you know? It gets pretty ugly. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So anyway, a good cake, (laughs) like a good life, it demands certain ingredients. And in Proverbs chapter 4, uh, we're seeing some of those ingredients listed by the wisest man that ever lived according to the Lord, Solomon. And we said that first of all, one of those key ingredients is a clean heart. And that's what we addressed. We said in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We said that the heart affects every area of our lives. Every attitude, every action, every appetite can be traced back to the heart. So important is the heart that we are admonished to keep it. But not only keep it, but to keep it diligently. That's why we have to cautiously and carefully guard what we permit into our heart. We said that the eye gate and the ear gate play a significant role in what enters into our hearts. And if we hope to have a good life, we have to have a clean heart. So we're going to have to be very careful what we let in. And so the first ingredient of a good life, we said is a clean heart. But tonight I want to begin by saying the next ingredient is in a good life is a cautious mouth. Okay, a clean heart, yes, but a cautious mouth. And we note that over in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24. The Bible says, put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips, put far from thee. There was a man, he was, and I've shared this before, but I like it. He was working in the produce department while he's working in the produce department, he was asked by a lady if she could buy half a head of lettuce. <laughs> he's like, half a head of lettuce? Are you serious? God grows these in whole heads, you know, and that's how we sell them. You mean that after all the years I've shopped here, you won't sell me half a head of lettuce? Look, if you like, I'll ask the manager. She, of course, indicated that she would appreciate that. So the young fellow, he marched to the front of the store. He gets his manager and he says, you won't believe this. But there's a lame-brained idiot of a lady back there who wants to know if she can buy half a head of lettuce. He noticed the manager gesturing and he turned around to see the lady standing right behind him, obviously having followed him all the way to the front of the store. And he said, and this nice lady was wondering if she could buy the other half. Well, later in the day, the manager, he corners the young fella, and he says, you know, that was the finest example of thinking on your feet that I've ever seen. Where did you learn that? He said, well, I grew up in Grand Rapids, and if you know anything about Grand Rapids, you know that it's known for its great hockey teams and its ugly women. The manager's face kind of got a little red, and he said, my wife is from Grand Rapids. And which hockey team did she play for? (laughs) <laughs> I like that one. So anyway, what hockey team did she play for? Okay. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 24 says, Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. What that word froward means is perverse. That's, it it, it kind of uses that, it's, it means kind of the same thing there. It's turning from, if you will turning from with aversion or with reluctance, not willing to yield or comply with what's required. Put away from the afro word mouth, a mouth that is quick to go the wrong direction. And again, this word perverse literally means turned aside, distorted from the right. Again, the issues of life will proceed from the heart, but it's the mouth and the lips that will do the speaking. See, someone has, to put, someone has once put it like this. They said, what is in the well of the heart will come out through the bucket of the mouth. And Boy, how true that is. Sooner or later, the mouth will reveal what's really in the heart, huh? I just thought that was good. What's in the well of the heart will come up through the bucket of the mouth. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 12. Turn there, would you? Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 through 37, we read, a passage that obviously gives us tremendous insight into the Word of God or into this element of the the mouth. Notice what it says in Matthew 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Verse 34. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Wow, that's some powerful, powerful words concerning speech. Man, the Lord's not messing around there, and the fact is, is that He says, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh, and we recognize that. I mean, that well, then what comes forth is that bucket out of that well, and it brings it out, but... Wow, I mean, to think that every idle word that we speak will give an account of in the day of judgment. I mean, and again, uh, you know, every every word, things that we don't even think about, we say things without thinking. It's being recorded, if you will. And the Bible says it's, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Boy, God's children have to be careful to have sound speech That cannot be condemned. Over in the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 8, 2, 6-8, the Bible says, Young men, likewise exhort to be sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech, that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. So as we deal with young people, even in this case, he's talking about these young men, and he, he's talking about sound speech being a part of their life, that, that they need to be very cautious and careful, that, therefore, that, that, that they cannot be condemned. And he's saying, listen, there's that person of the contrary part. Let them be ashamed. Let them have nothing evil to say of us. Give them no footing, no ground so that they have no evil thing to say of you either. If you have enemies in this world, they're always looking for something bad to say about you. You think about uh, Daniel and his comrades there in in, uh, uh, Babylon, and you you see how the uh, others there plotted against them consistently and constantly. Always had something evil to say of them, to accuse them of. But boy, their speech was so sound, their actions so upright. And that's exactly what we're being told, too, in the New Testament. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. And he goes on to say, having sound speech. Sound speech. And sound speech needs to be seasoned with salt. It's gracious words. It's seasoned with salt words. Turn to Colossians 4.6. I like this passage. It's a great one. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. I want to have a good life. Well, then you need to obviously have a clean heart, but you need to have a very cautious mouth. Be very careful what you say. Notice Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always, always with grace seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. The ancient Romans, they would listen to one of their orators, and they would look at each other, and they would sometimes smile and say, Congrano salis. It means take it with a grain of salt. So somebody's speaking, and there they are, uh, running their chops, so to speak, and a couple of them are out in the audience, and they're looking at each other like, take that with a grain of salt. There's no real authority there. There's no real understanding there. No knowledge there. Christians are supposed to put the salt into their speech and keep their words pure and honest. We shouldn't be talking, uh, saying things that aren't true. We shouldn't say things that aren't honest. Proverbs has a great deal to say about human speech. If you go to the book of Proverbs and you read through it, you're going to see a lot about the tongue. You're going to see a lot about words and how we are to speak. In fact, the word mouth is used over 50 times and the word lips over 40 times. Solomon warns about some things. First of all, he warns us about perverse lips. Look if you would in Proverbs, uh, we've already seen it, I should say, in Proverbs 4.24. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Not only that, but he warns us about lying lips. In Proverbs 12, 22. Look at Proverbs 12, 22. These are just important thoughts. The tongue. The lips. We have all said things that we regret. No one has ever regretted what they haven't said. They only regret what they did say. You say, Well, I regret not saying this. I'll guarantee you, in my life, <clears throat> there may be a few things I probably should have said, but I can guarantee you far more outweighs uh, that every, when I've opened my mouth, that's when I really put my foot in it. You know? Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. I didn't regret not saying something. I didn't have to be worried that I said the wrong thing. It's when I open my mouth that I have to be worried about that. Notice he says, Lying lips. <clears throat> proverbs 12 22 lying lips are abomination to the lord but they that deal truly are his delight that ought to sound familiar most of us memorize that a number of us did last year in our our, our uh, 50 club lying lips are abomination to the lord you know there can be a little question that god's not happy with lying lips then right i mean he calls them abominations you know what? That places them on the same level as idolatry and gross immorality. And that's something? It's an abomination. Lying lips are abomination. So we got perverse lips, lying lips. We have flattering lips, he warns us about. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. The flatterer is often a gossip as well. One's got to be very cautious of the person who flatters them. If somebody flatters you, you ought to probably have your guard up. You know, when they all start that, oh, you're the greatest. Uh, man, you're so wonderful. And you're thinking, really? And you know, in the, in the flesh, we like to feel that way, you know. People, we, like, we want to be encouraged, and we like to be patted on the back, of course. And there's nothing wrong with that in most settings. But a flatterer is doing it with the wrong motivation. A flatter is trying to, I don't know, trying to kind of get, weasel their way into your affection or trying to do something in order to ultimately, uh, you know, I guess give you enough rope to hang yourself. Matter of fact, in this particular case, you got to be careful that person flatters you because then he's talking about that they'll go on and they'll talk about you behind your back even. So they'll flatter you to your face and then they'll say negative things about you in the, uh, when you're not around. You know, and again, I, 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 you know, I, I appreciate so many times somebody will stop and say, Preacher, that, that message hit right where it needed. I, I needed that today and things like that. And I'm like, praise God, that's wonderful. Man, I'll tell you, God's good, isn't he? But here's, if somebody started coming to me all the time, You're the greatest preacher ever. I can't tell you how good you are. You're awesome. You're the best. I'd be like, what do they want? You know what I mean? If it was like, and you could tell. You know, you I don't know. You just got to be careful, right? And then, then, then after they get done with all that mess, they go home and sit around the dinner table and they talk about you. That wouldn't be good, would it? That'd be pretty bad. Somebody says, you know, I just really... I don't know why, but, you know, you and your husband, it's, you guys are such a blessing. And it just seems like you guys get along so good. And I am just, I tell you, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they, you know, they tell their friends, you know, I was over there the other day and it seemed like there's some real tension between the two of them. I mean, she told me a certain thing. And I'll tell you, I've been kind of thinking about that. And I think what she's really saying, you know what I mean? That's what he's talking about. He that goeth about as a tailbearer reveals secrets, therefore meddle not with him that flatters with his lips. What's he saying? Don't talk, don't, don't be, you better be careful with that person who's giving you a lot of praise because they're probably most likely a tailbearer too because they go hand in hand. He says not only that, but Solomon warns us about perverse lips, lying lips, flattering lips, but deceptive lips, deceptive lips. Proverbs twenty four twenty eight. Proverbs 24:28. He <clears throat> says, "Be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause, and deceive not with thy lips." You know, he, he right off the bat says, you know, don't be so quick to testify against your neighbor,? You know? But if you're going to, then you better speak the truth and don't be found to be a false witness. And he says there, and deceive not with thy lips. Well, don't, don't go around trying to make things look better than they really are or trying to make it look like you're better than you really are. Be careful with those deceptive lips. You know, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I tell you, I, I caught that fish. It was at least that long. It, yeah. Yeah. And it was really that long. And honestly, if it was that long, you did pretty good too, right? But you know how it is. You know, we stretch the truth a little bit, preacher. Is that honest or is that deceptive? You know, uh, when I was in school, I did 20 pull-ups. That's right. Finally, somebody that's impressed. It's... But really, you only did twelve, right? Hold on, now that's deception, right? That's deception. You know, it'd be like me saying, you know, I average fifty-five yards punting football. You know, punting the football. When I was, and when I was in tenth grade, I was, or when I, let's see, what was it? When I was in tenth grade? No, I was in ninth grade. I was in ninth grade. And I went up to the high school. I wasn't in high school yet. And I remember punting for the coach there that was at the high school. He's had some guys out, and I went and kicked for him. And I uh, punted the one ball. I, was, I remember I was on the 50-yard line that went way into the end zone. And he was like, dude, you're in ninth grade next year. You'll be up here in 10. And I thought, yeah. But that was the best kick I ever kicked, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have done that two times in a row if I tried, probably. But it looked good that time. He just happened to be looking at me when I kicked that one. I was like, Yeah. Oh, I kicked him 55 all the time. No, I didn't. No, it's 54, 53. (laughs) But you know, we're deceptive, right? If we're not careful, we can be kind of deceptive. Trying to build ourselves up or something. You know, just be careful with those deceptive lips. He says, you better be careful. Hey, we want to have a good life. Uh, Deceptive lips aren't going to help you with that one. And then finally, undisciplined lips. Look at you would in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. <clears throat> Again, this is a big issue with God, our, our tongues, our mouths. I mean, we're, we're, as human beings, we're extremely prideful. And boy, I tell you, a lot of times that pride is expressed through our lips, right? We say things when, and, and we respond in ways we probably shouldn't. Why? Because our pride's been hurt. Or maybe because of our pride, we respond the way we do. Look at look what it says here in, in Proverbs ten nineteen, In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. He says, well, again, look at that. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. It's not saying that, the, you know, that there's no sin. What it's saying is that there's no want of sin. It's, it's there. It, you, you keep talking enough you share enough and you're undisciplined with your tongue and you're saying things when you haven't thought it through and, and really give consideration to it, and sooner or later you're going to say things that, well, aren't probably 100% truth, or you're going to say things that you shouldn't have probably said. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. Proverbs thirteen thirteen. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction, it says. That's a pretty powerful statement. Again, he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. that's, That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's pretty clear, right? Nothing tough about that one. There's a direct correlation between a loose tongue and a lousy life. If you wish to live a peaceable life, you got to learn to temper your tongue then. Otherwise, you're going to invite a lot of trouble. You know, there, there are some people that are more talkers than others. They like to talk, right? And that's not necessarily wrong. That, that's not necessarily what he's talking about. It's okay to be a talker, but you better be very cautious and careful with your tongue. To say things to just say things isn't always a good thing. And again, as I said, there's a correlation between loose tongue and lousy life. The easiest way to appear wise is to refrain from comment and shut your mouth. That's what the Bible teaches. Look at Proverbs 17, 28. I'm just going to say this. You don't have to agree with me. And again, I'm I'm not anti-children. I love kids. I don't think children should be running their chops the whole time they're around adults. Amen. Right. I got that phrase. I learned it from Brother Keith, running your chops. So if you didn't like it, go talk to Brother Keith. It's his fault. But I'm not a fan of children that dominate conversation when they're around adults. Amen. See, I kind of feel like children should be listening to learn from adults. Now, I have no problem with children talking when it's uh, appropriate. I get that. But I have been, I've been in conversations with adults where their children have taken center stage in the conversation. I'm thinking, what's that about? Why are they doing the talking when their mother and father's here? I would think that they would want to, uh, that, that you know, we're adults. We're supposed to be communicating here. I'm sure when the kids get together, they can talk all they want, and they go crazy, and we see them around here running and jumping and going crazy and having a good old time. They can do that, but I'm just not a fan of it. I think they need to learn how to control their tongue. Amen. And somebody would say, well, you're just trying to put them down. You don't want them to grow up to be a, a good communicator. No, I, trust me, they'll learn how to communicate. Yeah. That, that, but they've got to also learn how to listen, Amen. and they need to learn how to control their tongue. Thank you, preacher. We love you for that honest account in your mind. And you don't have to agree, that's your business, okay? Don't do what you want. But I'm just saying, I do think it's a problem today in the world we live in. and It's only getting worse, too. It's been said again, and I mentioned this a little bit, but I heard it said, I have often regretted my speech, never my silence. (laughs) I kind of like that. We get the idea that we got to say something to fool people, right? i got to sound smart. i got to look good. But the best way to impress is often to keep silent. The moment we open our mouths, we reveal who we really are. Sometimes that's good, and other times it's bad, right? The mouth can get a person into all kind of trouble. Then I learned a long time ago, and again, I do a lot of talking, don't I? I mean I'm a preacher, I gotta talk all the time. Let me tell you, there's a there's a lot of responsibility there. It's 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 almost scary at times. But I can go into a room where I'm not I, I honestly I can go in and listen all day long. Doesn't bother me a bit. People are like, hey, who's that guy? Huh? And they whether you agree or not, they say he looks pretty smart. Most of the time they don't. But anyway, I get, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, wow. So uh, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Well, what do you think about this? Great. I, I, huh. Pretty wise guy. Not wise guy, you know, but wise person. All right. You know, I mean, we do too much talking sometimes. We reveal how ignorant we are in certain things. We try to fit in and we try to say something to fit in when we probably don't at times. If you don't know anything about a subject, you probably shouldn't offer a lot of information because it's only going to make you look like you don't know. Am I, am I, I know I'm not talking real eloquent tonight, right? Because I'm just using my tongue, not my brain. (laughs) If I only had a brain, (laughs) that's like, that came to my mind. You know, I don't know. You, You ever see that show? Okay, but anyway, I, I'm out of it tonight, I'm telling you. I, I am, I'm out of it. I just... The mouth gets us into all kinds of trouble. So evil speech is sure an indication of an evil heart. Thus, Solomon urged us to put away perverse lips. Now, it's interesting. You ever known somebody that cusses all the time? Says a lot of bad things a lot. But it, you know what, it's interesting. If they go work for a person who does not tolerate bad language. Do you know they don't cuss? When they get around that person, they're not cussing. Because they know they might lose their job. Do you know what that says to me? It says to me that everybody or anybody can control their tongue if they really want to. <coughs> now, they may have a slip of tongue, don't misunderstand me. They may slip of tongue. I mean, if you ever go to a construction site sometime, Uh, you'll get a real education within the first five minutes. But you go into certain offices where it's not acceptable to talk. Like, go to a doctor's office, you don't usually hear people cussing to the patients. Because that's not considered professional, right? So you're telling me that nobody that works in a doctor's office uses foul language? No, they choose not to. They say, I can't because I might lose my job. Somebody else might get offended if I cuss like that, so therefore I'm not going to do it because my job's important to me. My point just is, is that we can control our tongue. Now, you and I, we're Christians and we have the Holy Spirit living in us, but let's be honest. If we're not careful and if we start to get real loose, we can ultimately say things we shouldn't say. You could be nailing and nailing and hit your thumb and say something you shouldn't say, and you say, "Yeah, but you can't control that." Oh yes, you can. Remember that. Remember that. That well. <clears throat> remember that well. There it is. Look at the well. See it down there. And then there's that bucket. Remember? Hey, I've watched enough westerns. I see them out there. And And you go like that, and you the bucket comes up with water in it. What's in the well? what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. See, you, you start putting the right things in your heart, then all of a sudden you'll have control even when you don't think you could. The problem is we're not working enough at trying to have the right things in our heart. We're not saturating ourselves with the Word of God like we should. We're not thinking on these things according to Philippians 4.8 like we ought to. We're not bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We've got to do those things. I wonder if Jesus as a carpenter ever hit his thumb with a hammer. <clears throat> Whatever he did. Do you think he cussed? I don't. Bible says he never sinned. Now wait a second. We're to be what? Christ like. We're to be in the image of Christ according to Romans chapter 8 verse 29. Well, how's that happen? That happens through that being transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's a transformation that takes place. How do we get transformed? It's through the mind, it's being saturated through the Word of God. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy Word? He goes on in in that same chapter, and I always get those ones mixed up, but he says, How shall he? No, he says, I do it every time. Let me look at it. I'm, I'm messing it up again. Nope, I can't get it. I've got to look it up. <clears throat> it's so good. I, it's so good, i just got to do this. Psalm 119, let me look it up. It's, it's, it's awesome. He says, Thy word have I hidden mine heart, that I might not what? Sin against Thee. Verse nine, thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So it's kind of like we saw that well down there. There's that well, hmm, representing the heart. You got the bucket coming out, represents this mouth. What comes out of this mouth is coming out of that heart. You know what I need to drop into that well? The word of God. You got to keep dropping the word of God into it. Because see, if I keep dropping the word of God into it, eventually the word of God will take precedence. And guess what mostly coming out? The Word of God now. And then eventually if I keep feeding the Word of God and keep dropping it into the well, sooner or later the well will be filled with the Word of God and every time I hit my thumb with a hammer, every time I bump up against the door and jerk and hurt my back and neck, every time I do something that would just trigger a bad response, won't trigger a bad response anymore because I'm pulling it up from the well. The heart that's saturated with the Word of God. Listen, it's that simple. It really is that simple. You know know what the the problem with the the guy stuck on pornography is? Is that his heart is corrupted. It's not not complicated. It's no different than the man or woman who can't control their tongue. The heart's corrupted. It's not any different. It's the same problem... And therefore, it's the same, get it, it is the same solution. Christ, the Word of God, saturating one's heart and self with truth and light so that the well is full of the Word. So what comes out? The Word. Truth. It really is that simple. But it costs something to do that we will spend two hours or three hours a day looking at our phones. Can you imagine how different you would think if you spent that same two or three hours in God's Word, writing out God's Word, memorizing God's Word, reading God's Word, studying God's Word. Can you imagine how different it would be, what the well would be like, and what would come out of the, out, out of the bucket of, from the well, if we literally spent that kind of time in God's Word learning about Him. I mean, I mean this is, it is that simple, isn't it? I'm not saying that I understand, you know, to get, to get it done is a whole other issue. You've got to discipline yourself to get that done. But that is really the answer. People make it so complicated. But it's not complicated. The older I get, the more I realize it's still just Christ. Filling ourselves with him. If you fill the well up with Jesus Christ and the word of God, guess what comes out? The word and Jesus Christ. It's that simple. And someone says, you're just making it too simple. Okay, let's see your solution. Let's hear about it. So what's working for you? I don't see it working for too many people. The only people I see it really working for are people who allow the Word of God to really impact their life and really are serious about God and His Word. As I I prepare to close here, there's a Bible illustration of a tongue, a, a wicked tongue, and we see it in a fellow by the name of Shimei. And Shimei, he is a Benjamite. He's a former supporter of King Saul. And Shimei, he hated David. When Absalom rebelled against his father, Shimei, he was delighted. When David fled from Jerusalem, man, Shimei was just overjoyed. He he was fired up. And when, when he learned that David was coming his way after being chased out of the city, so to speak, or after fleeing for his very life, he took full advantage of the occasion. He cursed and he threw stones at David. He said, come out! What he was really saying is, be gone, get out of here! In 2 Samuel 16, 7 and 8. He goes on to say, come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. That word Belial, a man of wicked men, or of evil one, even Satan. And he continues, the Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. What's he saying? You should have never been king at all. I'm so glad to see you're finally getting what you deserve, you loser. You're a bloody man. You're wicked and you're sinful and you're prideful. That's what he's saying to David. And the Lord, he said, hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man. He's cursing David. Little did Shimei know that all that stood between him and sudden death was the grace of David. Because in 2 Samuel 16, 9, then said Abishai, the son of Zariah, unto the king, why should this Dead dog, curse my Lord the king. Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. I guarantee he could have done it. You know Solomon knew all about Shimei. And in the end, he ordered his execution. Solomon would go on to warn his son about a froward mouth. That's what we've been reading about in the book of Proverbs here. you You don't get away with the wrong kind of speech, sooner or later it catches up to you. My dad used to say, you better watch what you say, you're going to say it to the wrong person. You're going to run up against somebody going to like what you had to say. Go ahead and speak your mind, but you better be willing to back it up. Sadly enough, you can't always back up what you say, and the truth is, is that from the Word of God's standpoint, it can destroy your life. young people, Adults alike, we need to be very careful. You want a good life? You, you really, I mean, you want a good life. Then you had better be very cautious and careful with your mouth. We've considered another ingredient to having a good life, that cautious mouth. Remember, don't forget about that well in the mouth of, and, and that the mouth is the bucket. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. James, put it this way in closing, chapter 3, verse 10. He says, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Do the fountains send forth at the same place sweet and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? He points out a common practice among men and women in verse 10. That we like to use our tongue for both blessing and cursing. We want to say the right things, but then we also use it for the wrong things. He points out then that God didn't design that to be the case. That's not how he designed it. He says, look at nature. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet and bitter? See, it doesn't work that way. God didn't create you to say good things, but then bad things. Finally, he concludes, our wicked mouths are not of God then. They're rooted in our own sinfulness and selfishness. So on the one hand, we're blessing. On the other hand, we're cursing. Do you know what he's saying? He says it's real simple. You have a heart problem that needs addressed. Don't deceive yourselves, he's saying. You are not right with God after all. This tongue will betray our testimony often. And that can't happen. We're Christians, and the world needs to see and hear a good testimony. We want a good life. You want a good life? Have a clean heart and a cautious mouth and make life go so much smoother so much easier i was just talking to somebody the other day i said <clears throat> i i had to learn the hard way i always had to put my two cents in i always had to say what i felt i thought that that was like a badge of honor speak my mind you know where i stand what I found was is that as I started getting closer to the Lord in my life, I started realizing that I had to constantly and continually apologize for certain things I've said or the way I said them. I got tired of having to apologize, to be frank with you. And I finally said, you know what, this is dumb. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut till I learn how not to say the wrong things. And you know what the truth is, is that I believe there's a number of people that have to learn that lesson as well. I'm not the only one that has to learn it. And there's still times I've got to exercise my own advice. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Let it be said of us that that verse applies. Let's be very cautious with our mouths. Very cautious with our mouths. Father, we come to you. We ask, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts and help us. Lord, we, on one hand, will bless, and on the other hand, we'll be cursing. We'll, we'll say something positive about someone, but then negative about someone else. Lord, that's not how we're supposed to live our lives, and that's not how you intended it to be. As believers, Lord, help us to saturate our minds with the Word of God and the truth, the light, that what comes forth out of our hearts will be those things which are pleasing in your sight. The psalmist said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Father, help us to have that as our prayer even. We do love you. We need you now. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. We love you. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed who knows maybe maybe you're warring with some things and